Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is Under the October Maples by James Russell Lowell. The maples Lowell pictures in Under the October Maples are not the sugar maples found throughout Lowell's New England with their autumn leaves of bright orange, but rather the red maple. Autumn's first color is the scarlet of staghorn shumac fruit, Virginia creeper, and red maple, all of which strikingly stand out while the leaves of the trees around them are still green. Under the October Maples is a short poem, 24 lines divided into three stanzas of eight lines each, but in these 24 lines is a great deal of movement, almost dizzyingly so. Two terms from the study of poetry, tenor and vehicle, are helpful in following the movement of Under the October Maples. The tenor of a poem is the intangible something that the poem conveys. The vehicle is the tangible image that conveys it. In Robert Burns's My Love is Like a Red Red Rose, the beauty of his beloved is the tenor, the intangible reality the poem conveys, and the rose is the vehicle. When Under the October Maples opens, the intangible tenor to be conveyed is the scarlet beauty of the maples. After all, it does nothing to simply say that the autumn leaves of red maples are beautiful, and the vehicle is the image of their leaves being spread as the carpet for a prince. The vehicle then changes to the Greek goddess Diana, whose Argentine foot, Argentine means silver, is alone worthy of such a carpet. But then immediately the vehicle changes yet again, and the poem starts to move in an unexpected direction. The poet suddenly addresses another person, the queen whom my tides obey, and the beauty of the maple is no longer the tenor the poem wishes to convey, but the vehicle with which the poet conveys the beauty of his beloved. A new vehicle follows, a sultan's tent, which conveys again the rich beauty of the maple trees, but the beauty of the maple trees remains the vehicle to convey the beauty of the beloved. By the time we come to the final stanza, the maple trees have become forgotten completely, and instead the image of moonlight on a lawn becomes the vehicle for the beauty of the beloved. And then, from out of nowhere, the moonlight becomes the vehicle to convey the fickleness of the beloved to close the poem. Phew! Were Lowell to present this poem to a modern writer's workshop, he no doubt would get quite a bit of pushback that he wasn't keeping his focus, that he couldn't decide what he was writing about, that the poem is disorganized. Such criticisms were made of his poems in his own day. Indeed, one critic declared his poem, The Vision of Sir Lawnfall, the most disorganized poem ever written. But against all these objections, hasn't Lowell crafted a poem of great beauty, however his thoughts roam about? Let's listen to Under the October Maples, and you can decide for yourselves what you think. Under the October Maples by James Russell Lowell What means these banners spread 
these paths with royal red so gaily carpeted. Comes there a prince today? Such footing were too fine for feet less Argentine than Diane's own, or thine, queen whom my tides obey. Surely for thee are meant these hues so orient that with a sultan's tent each tree invites the sun. Our earth such homage pays, so decks her dusty ways, and keeps such holidays for one and only one. My brain shapes form and face, throbs with rhythmic grace and cadence of her pace to all fine instincts true. Her footsteps as they pass, then moonbeams over grass fall lighter, but alas, more insubstantial too. When we read love poems from the Renaissance, it doesn't usually occur to us to ask for whom or about whom they were written. We take for granted that poets then had many romantic dalliances and interests that came and went as rapidly as Romeo's love for Rosalind. It doesn't matter who exactly proved fickle to the poet, whose footsteps have proven more insubstantial than moonlight. When we turn to a poet such as Lowell, however, it's different. We do wonder whom Lowell was thinking of when he wrote that the earth puts forth shows of such beauty as the maple trees for one and only one. Lowell seems to have written under the October maples in 1885, when he was nearly 70 years old, a little late in life to be lamenting a love who proves fickle. Perhaps he actually wrote under the October maples when he was a disappointed young lover and only pulled it out of his drawer when he was much older. Another possibility, though, is that the poem isn't about a beloved turning fickle at all, but rather about a beloved dying. We know that Lowell, like Longfellow, was twice married, and that each marriage ended with the death of the wife. Is the queen whom his tides obeyed one of them? His second wife died in the February of the year he produced the poem. If he wrote the poem the following October, it may be death and not romantic disappointment that is the poem's subject. I hesitate, though, to declare the puzzle solved. Isn't it a little thoughtless of his first wife to write so of the second? And the first two stanzas of the poem are written in the present tense. Surely for thee are meant these hues so orient, the second stanza declares. The footsteps in the third stanza that prove insubstantial seem to be the footsteps of a living person whom the poet is thinking of. But to write in the year of his second wife's death of yet another love, a different disappointing love, well, let's just say that none of his family or friends would have stood for it. In the end, I probably err in bringing up the question of who at all. Under the October Maples captures both the joy and gentle sorrow of a love that outlasts the beloved. It needn't even be romantic love. After all, Tennyson wrote, "'Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all," not about disappointed romantic love, but about the death of his best friend. All beauty proves insubstantial at last. Let's listen again. 
Under the October Maples by James Russell Lowell What mean these banners spread, these paths with royal red so gaily carpeted? Comes there a prince today? Such fine footing were too fine for feet less Argentine than Diane's own, or thine, queen whom my tides obey. Surely for thee are meant these yews so orient that with a sultan's tent each tree invites the sun. Our earth such homage pays, so decks her dusty ways, and keeps such holidays for one and only one. My brain shapes form and face, throbs with the rhythmic grace and cadence of her pace to all fine instincts true. Her footsteps as they pass, then moonbeams over grass fall lighter, but alas, more insubstantial too. Perhaps under the October maples is about the maples after all, if it's about beauty proving insubstantial. Their scarlet leaves will be gone by Thanksgiving, just as the moonlight on the grass is gone the next morning. I hope you enjoyed Under the October Maples, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. And visit this podcast website, firesidepoems.com, where you'll find previous episodes and also my email address. I'd love to hear from you to learn a little bit about who you are and what you like as you join me each week by the fireside.